0: Exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM.
1: And now, tonight's exposure.
2: 88.9 FM, WDBM, The Impact. It's Tuesday, April 10th, 2007. 43 degrees right now in East Lansing, and it's going to get mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 32 degrees. I'm Alex Rusciano. Thank you so much for tuning in here on The Impact. This is Impact Exposure. It is the show where we examine the vital issues going on in the area. We have a great show lined up today, and uh, actually the first guest who is coming in on the show right now is Julia Herzog. She is the uh, center coordinator of the Listening Ear, and she is also a sexual assault counselor. Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Definitely appreciate it. You're welcome. And this is, uh, hey... April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and uh, you're heavily involved with an event called Take Back the Night, and especially around Sexual Assault Awareness Month, Take Back the Night is really, really important. Could you maybe tell our listeners a little bit of, of what Take Back the Night is all about?
3: Okay. Take Back the Night is an annual event that we hold in East Lansing to bring awareness about um, different issues around, that surround violence against women. Rape, domestic violence, incest, all those things, because it's not something that's commonly talked about, but it affects a lot of people. One in three women in their lifetime will be sexually assaulted. So we think it's really important to bring it out into the public awareness.
2: Uh, you know, and it actually brings a really good point, because this has been going on, I was just looking on your website, since 1973, and I believe each year since that's happened, more and more cities have been participating in the United States, and it even says on the, on the website that it's an international event, so you even have international cities. And, uh, you know, see, the thing is, they actually warn you when you come to the station to turn off your cell phones, but uh, I apparently didn't follow that rule. Anyway, um... Uh, What I wanted to ask you is, uh, when is the event coming? It's it's every year, it's certainly annual. What's going on this year?
3: This year, on April 17th, next Tuesday, we're having our annual Take Back the Night event. And it's always in April, and so this, obviously, is coming up very soon. And it's an all-day-long event. It starts in the morning at 10 o'clock, and it ends in the evening with a march. And there's various activities all day long that people can participate in.
2: What are some of the activities that uh, that people can participate in? Uh,
3: We have uh, kind of an open mic session, kind of a speak out, where women and men and anyone can come in and share their stories or poetry of things relating to violence against women. And um, there's a candlelit vigil for women, kind of a space for themselves um, to kind of talk and share and kind of get together and realize that this is something that other women are going through. So it's a private space. Oh, nice. And then there's um, equally, we also have a men's forum that's just for men, and this is for people who identify as either one. Um, and then there's a men's forum in the union where men can get together and talk about issues relating to men and sexual assault, being victims themselves, or um, dealing with men in the rape culture. And then one of the most powerful things for me when I go to Take Back the Night is the Clothesline Project, and um, there's a string of T-shirts set up in the Beaumont field made by survivors of the different forms of violence telling their stories and saying what they need to say, and you get to watch the people go and look at them and realize they walk up to the T-shirts and they don't know what's on them, and watch their faces when they realize what these stories are and just how moving it is to see hundreds of T-shirts. Wow,
2: so this is an event that that uses um, basically all forms of communication to get really good points across again april is sexual assault awareness month mm-hmm. and uh, for those of you that have just tuned in to impact exposure we are talking with julia herzog uh, center coordinator of the listening ear and uh, sexual assault council and we're talking about taking back the night which is exactly a week from today uh next tuesday april 17th um Julia, let me ask you this. How many years have you been involved with uh, Take Back the Night?
3: Um, I've been involved with Take Back the Night since 2003, and my involvement changed year after year, but I keep coming back and doing it because it allows me to be a part of something that's powerful and life-changing for the people who participate.
2: What, what What inspired you um, to take on uh, such a very helpful, beneficial role, especially locally in the Lansing community? What inspired you to get involved?
3: Well, I was originally a, just a crisis counselor answering the crisis hotline, and I started taking phone calls from people you know in my own community who were affected by this and I thought to myself, you know what can I do? What can I do to kind of take a stand or to share what I can, what can I put into it And so I became a sexual assault counselor and advocate, and I learned about take back the night. And it was a way to not do it just privately, not to just do it, you know, in a counseling room or in the hospital, but to be public about it and to go out and say, you know, this is something that I care about and that I want others to know is happening to, you know, a way to say, you know, how can we make this stop?
2: And, you know, and and that's actually a really good point, because uh, last Tuesday, actually, we had uh, we have a special edition show called Impact Sex Exposure, And what happens on that is we were talking about sexual assault and we were talking about one of the biggest problems that many people have in terms of sexual assault is really talking about it, whether you're listening as a friend or you're sharing your own experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guess, uh, Julia, what you're kind of saying is you're taking it from kind of the, you're getting it on more of a public level. And Mm -hmm. that's what events like this are about, Take Back the Night, where you're getting it, getting issues that are critical and very vital to the community out in the open. Because mm-hmm. I, I, do you find that maybe sometimes, I mean, obviously, if, if you've been through a traumatic experience, in, any type of sexual assault at all, it's very hard to talk about.
3: It's very hard to talk about. You feel really embarrassed. It's You feel like it's something that's very private and personal and other people are not going to understand or they're, they're going to have a hard time believing you and there's a lot of blaming of whose fault it is and you find it hard to have a voice. And I feel like Take Back the Night is one of those places where women and men can come together and have that voice.
2: This is 89FM. We're talking with Julia Herzog right now. She's also the center coordinator of the Listening Ear. Can you tell us, uh, listeners, a little bit about the Listening Ear as well?
3: Yep. The Listening Ear is a crisis center in East Lansing that's been around for about 38 years, and it's comprised mostly of students being just next to campus. And we have our primary services, our crisis hotline, where anyone can call in any time of the day. And then we also do the sexual assault counseling and advocacy. And there's also, um, MSU also does sexual assault counseling and advocacy. So we kind of share and work together on those types of issues.
2: And, and that's what we were talking about last show, too, is it's it's, it's a really important issue um, that the hotline, for instance, is 24-7, correct? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's open any time of the day, and you will actually talk to someone there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, what we were bringing up last show is that sometimes people are, are afraid that if they've been through an experience, especially at that moment, and they need someone to talk to, uh, because what they've been through is very dehumanizing, so they need a human being to talk to. mm mm-hmm. um, one of the things we were talking about is that it's, it's, it's important to actually talk to a person, and if it's 3 in the morning, sometimes people might be hesitant to call, but, but this hotline is open 24-7. Yep,
3: we get phone calls all the time of the day. You never know when you're going to be upset, and I think sometimes people have a hard time knowing, you know, when do I call, what do I call about? But if there's something you need to talk about that's bothering you, it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is that you think other people are going to think about it. It matters that it's bothering you and you need to talk about it. There's no judgment of, you know, how serious does it have to be for me to call. You can call call and talk about anything that is troubling you. Uh,
2: The website for Take Back the Night also says that Take Back the Night is is an international tradition. It's also a a very national tradition, um, and it's expanding more and more into cities each year. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Ever since this has been going on in the Lansing community... Has it been growing each year in terms of the people participating in the event? Uh, will it continue in the future, do you think?
3: Yep, it's growing and changing. It gets, it gets bigger and bigger. Some years it's smaller, but next year we're hoping to take our march um, to the capital and kind of create a citywide presence and not just have it be something that is with the students in East Lansing. And um, I mean, everyone is welcome to come, but because of where it's located, we get more students, and so we're going to try and make it bigger and get more of a whole community involvement.
2: Uh, phone lines are open. This is eighty nine FM. If you've just tuned in, four three two three eight nine three is the number again to uh, call in. It's five one seven four three two three eight nine three. If you have any questions for Julia, she's uh, center coordinator of the Listening Ear, and also a sexual assault counselor on Impact Exposure. Right now, talking about uh, Take Back the Night, and uh, this is April. It is Sexual Assaults Awareness Month, and it's really important to uh, get the message out there. Uh, how many people do you expect this year, Julia, compared to other years to be involved?
3: It's it's hard to keep track. People come and go throughout the day. You know, it'll be in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. Um, I think last year there was probably three or four hundred people at the march, and it goes through um, East Lansing and it goes to the administration building. And the march usually goes around like the fraternities and the sororities and ends at the district court in East Lansing. So we kind of kind of take it around the key areas of the neighborhoods.
2: Okay, because I I actually remember that I think before the show we were talking about. I remember you said one year it was pretty small. Mm And now, uh, was was that one year just because it was kind of in that kind of localized area and it didn't expand out, or were there other reasons? Or
3: I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was raining all day. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Well, that that could certainly make a difference. Yeah. Uh, the weather is a huge factor. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is something that I think, bad weather or not, more people each year are going to be involved yeah. in. Um, is there anything specifically that... Uh, during Take Back the Night that, that you I guess you would say is one of your most uh, enthusiastic parts or one of your favorite parts that, that you like to participate in or, or talk about?
3: I mean obviously the whole culmination of the day is the march at the end of the day okay. and so this year we're, we have our pre-march mat- rally with Nandy Crosby who is a very well known um, African American woman who goes out and speaks uh, about um, sexual assault and domestic violence and so we're going to have her there to kind of get people fired up and ready to go um, and then there's before that we'll make posters and stuff for the march and then everyone gets together and we and this year the theme is to have communities unite not just be women to take a stand um we're you know encouraging men and women and people from all different cultures and communities to come and participate in the march because it affects everyone and so that's like just to see all those groups of people together marching down the street and and you know vocalizing that they demand an end to sexual violence is the most moving and powerful part for me Um, And that will take place in the evening with the march starting at 8 and the pre-march rally at 7.15.
2: And actually, Julia, you bring up a really good point. And again, we were talking about this on on the Impact Exposure Show last week. Is that a, a lot of people think that when it when it comes to sexual assault, or when it comes to issues of sexual assault, or talking to someone, or acting as a friend, or getting through that very traumatic experience, that it only applies to women? And we were talking about that last show that a lot of people, you know, uh, think that you know this is something that specifically affects one group or one demographic, or you know, there's one specific mm-hmm. area. But but what you've been saying is that. And for all the listeners out there, this is something that affects everyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me ask you this. The people involved, if if there are listeners out there who really want to get involved, uh, where can they go for more information?
3: um i i mean there's lots of different ways to get more information we have our website that you talked about which is www.theear.org/tbtn and there's lots of information about there about the history the schedule for the day and about other events in april about sexual assault awareness that are going on
2: okay and this is uh, april 17th yep is coming on and what time would that start is the entire event Um, The
3: day starts at 10 o'clock in the morning where all the t-shirts will be out and things like that. And then in the middle of the day, there will be the speak out. And then towards the end of the day, there will be the poster making and the vigils in the men's forum. And then it will end with the march.
2: Okay. Well, Julia Herzog is the center coordinator of the Listening Ear and Sexual Assault Counselor here on Impact 89FM's Impact Exposure Show to talk about uh, Take Back the Night. And, Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it.
3: You're welcome.
2: And uh We're going to take a quick break right now on 89FM, but we'll be right back with uh, some more great guests, so stay tuned.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
2: At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
3: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
2: Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact.
4: Only on Impact Prime Time.
2: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893 And now, back to Exposure. 89FM, this is Impact Exposure. That's right, phone lines are open, 432 3893, Alex Rusciano here. And we just got done talking with Julia Herzog. She is the center coordinator of the listening ear and a sexual assault counselor. And uh, we were talking about Take Back the Night again. That's going to be on April 17th, uh, a week from today, Tuesday. I'm moving right along to our next guest, Daniel, and I'm I'm horrible with last names, so I'm just going to guess this Benbo.
0: Hey, that's that's right. That's one excellent. Done, someone's got it right. Yes, I got it right.
2: Uh, Daniel Benbo is uh, here from the Senior Class Council Publicity Committee, and uh, just talking about events that are going on. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for the time, Alex. Definitely. So,
0: what do we got going on, Dan? Well, next week we've got Seniors Week. It's a definitely a much lighter tone than your previous guests. It's just some fun events for seniors before they graduate. Uh, first off, let me just say congratulations to all the seniors out there. Like the 300, we've made it through discipline and hard work. That's just right. keep <laughs> at it for those last few weeks and you'll get there. And for the, uh, this year's juniors, enjoy your summer and look forward to the activities that next year's Senior Class Council will have for you. I met the next year's Senior Class Council last night and they seem to be a really good group, so look oh, forward nice. to that. But uh, as for what I'm actually specifically here for, sure. next week is Seniors Week. We've got a couple of events on. Uh, On Tuesday, there's the tours of the Carillon. The Beaumont Tower is such a prominent feature of MSU culture, so get along there uh, 12 to 12.30pm on Tuesday, and you can actually tour the tower and see the Carillon being plunked, performed, (laughs) I guess. Nice. Uh, On Wednesday, we're working on a deal with the MSU Dairy. If you haven't Try the MSU dairy ice cream, and what have you been doing for the last four years? <laughs> That's right, it's homemade. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So Wednesday is the uh, is we're doing a, we're going to do a special deal for uh, seniors in particular. Um, watch uh, our website for for the uh, final details on that. And then on Thursday we've got a, we're uh, um, we've got a um, an event at Lugnuts Baseball. Uh, the game starts at six oh five PM. It's complimentary for the first 100 seniors with your MSU ID and a printout of your Stu Info schedule just to be sure that you're a senior. Um, that's a bit of a change from... There are some posters up and they say just MSU ID, but... We would like you to bring along some sort of proof that you're a senior, too. Oh, have you had like people in the past who have kind of tried well, to Well, it sounds like this, you know, <laughs> as we all know, what happens on Thursdays at, down at uh, the uh. arena, but uh, it seems that it's a pretty popular thing, so we're just making sure that it is, in fact, seniors that get the benefit of this. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind bringing along just a little piece of paper just you print out from your StuInfo account that shows that you're a senior, that would be great. That's good advice, definitely. Yeah, and uh, finally, it's not actually a senior class council event, but it's a big deal anyway. Um, April 22nd is Sparty Spring Party. Just a reminder for everyone to get along to that. That's not just seniors, that's all Spartans, and that's at Iron West and the International Centre, and that'll be a big deal, a lot of fun. But um, like I said, a couple of details need to be finalised, so check out our website at www.scc.msu.edu. And all the details will be on there. So uh, thanks, everybody, for for your possible attendance. Otherwise, (laughs) keep at it, keep studying,
2: and hopefully you'll get along and relax at these events next week. Well, th- this is 89FM. We are talking with Daniel Benbow, who is here from the Senior Class Council uh, Publicity Committee. Uh, Daniel, let me ask you really quick, is there anything that you are particularly excited about as, you know, graduation's approaching? We do have a few seniors in the studio right now. Um, uh, is there anything that, that, with all this planning going on and, and all these people getting involved, and I, I would assume a lot of excited seniors, is there anything that you're specifically excited about or looking forward to? or <laughs> uh, Looking forward to it all being over, I think, like
0: a lot of seniors. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I can, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can definitely uh, agree with that <laughs> yeah at this age I'm just looking forward to some good weather next week for the Lock Nights game because it's I mean they got the last one got snowed out so hopefully the next one will be will be some good weather and It'll be a fun night out on the hill there.
2: I know, and it was, it was. I think it was like, oh, what, what was it? It was, oh, freezing, like, last mm-hmm. week and then the I week got before snowed that, out. And mm-hmm. it was, what, I mean, it was, like, 70-something degrees two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure what's going on with Michigan Crazy weather. Crazy Michigan weather. Yeah,
0: I, I'm from Australia. This is like, you know, <laughs> snow is just out there for me anyway. But to have, you know, shorts and then snow again and... Yeah, there's actually a,
2: No, I, I actually know a, a few friends who went to Australia and they went over spring break. They actually just got back the entire spring semester. They got mm-hmm. back about three weeks ago. And, you know, they said the weather was just amazing there, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then they come back here and it's, you know, sunny one day and <laughs> 25 degrees the next. Yeah. So. Yeah, my hometown's
0: known in Australia for having weird weather, but I've never had a time then where I had snow in the morning and then was wearing a t shirt in the afternoon. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's crazy. Michigan weather was just crazy.
2: Well, welcome to Michigan, certainly. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. And uh, just so you've li- if you're just tuned in and listening, this is 89FM. We're talking with Daniel Benbow, who's from the Senior Class Council uh, Publicity Committee. Uh, just really quick, Dan, for just the people who have maybe just tuned in, can you maybe run through the events that are coming on? Sure. Next Tuesday, there's the Tours of the Carillon from 12 to 12.30.
0: On Wednesday, watch out for a deal with the MSU Dairy for ice cream. And on Thursday, Lugnuts Baseball, 6.05 p.m., complimentary for the first 100 seniors with your msu id and a printout of your student info schedule and have a have a great week have a great last few weeks seniors push forward um push on through for msu yeah get, that, get those last few exams done <laughs> and, watch uh, the points keep growing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember the entire song but i yeah I think Congrat- they- hey, speaking of that congratulations to that hockey team too
2: oh yeah what'd you think about so- that frozen four and they they mm-hmm. pull it out on top. boy was that
0: ever an entertain- entertaining game and <laughs> Just three big
2: cheers for that team—the way they came through in the end. Definitely, I was—I was talking to uh, a lot of uh, friends that I have over at you know the other school. I'm not even going to say its name. It's <laughs> over in Ann Arbor somewhere. I don't even know. But uh, they're like, "Oh, well, MSU, you guys can't you know win at anything." And I'm like, "Well, NCAA, we did okay. We did better mm-hmm. than them. And uh, at least we're doing good in something. something really good in something. Yes. That'd be definitely MSU hockey for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely." Well, uh, Daniel Benbow is uh, the Senior Class Counsel on the Senior, I don't think you're the entire, uh, on <laughs> no. the Senior Class council Publicity Committee. Thank you very much
0: for coming on the show. Thank you very Definitely much, Alex. It. And like I said, www.scc.msu.edu if you want to check out more and get more details on the events. Okay, sounds great. Thank you so much for coming on the
2: show. Thank you very much, mate. All right, well, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with some more guests right here on 89FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
0: For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a gamer too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle.
3: I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me like, "What are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing." But despite
0: all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate.
4: People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't.
0: Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council.
3: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
0: Tuesday nights from
3: 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only
2: on
5: Impact Time.
0: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9. The
2: Impact. 88.9 FM. Alex Rusciano here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Impact Exposure. It's 43 degrees right now in East Lansing. Going to get down to 32 degrees, mostly cloudy, all throughout uh, tonight and tomorrow. Well, uh, we just got done with talking uh, from representatives from the Senior Class Council's Publicity Committee, and right now we have two very awesome guests who have walked into the studio. Uh, Can we kind of go around and introduce ourselves? Yeah, I'm Tim Potter with the uh, MSU Bikes Service Center. Okay.
4: And I'm Rich Moeller with the League of Michigan Bicycles.
2: Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it. This is uh, this is awesome. Spring is in the air, and uh, that means that more people are cycling in the next few months. Um, what are some of the bike-related activities that people can get involved in or that are going on right now? I mean, I'm sure there's, there must be so much going on. Well, a lot of people are finding their
5: bikes on the racks all rusty, so we, we're <laughs> very busy getting getting those fixed up and offer a, a lot of those folks some help at this time of year so sure getting the bikes ready for the road is certainly a uh, priority number one for a lot of students
2: yeah i know I, I i remember ride. i dragged mine in somewhere i found it rusty yes. and i had to get in the, the new tire yeah. and i took it down to the shop and they said oh might as well just get a new one but i still have it it's good it's going strong
5: <laughs> yeah there's uh, <clears throat> so once their bikes are ready you know there's uh, there's certainly a lot of good riding around now that the snow has kind of stopped if it stops. This is, this is
2: Michigan <laughs> Wet. We were just talking with uh, with, yes. with the last guest on the show that this is, um, I mean, this is crazy. It was. It's 43 degrees right now. Last week it was 20 degrees. The week before that it was 70 or 65. Um, Pretty crazy. L- let me ask you this. This is something that's, um, with spring in the air and everyone's, more and more people I think every day are starting to bike and getting more involved. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like a yearly thing. It comes and goes with the seasons, but... Are, are there any concerns or, or safety tips? I was just kind of thinking about this before the show. Any, any kind of concerns that that you'd like people to be aware of, especially as more and more people are out there cycling around?
4: Well, one thing on campus is just by the nature of a lot of people riding on the sidewalk. You know, oh, okay. pedestrians and bicyclists don't really mix. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> and we actually rode bikes over from the service center to here tonight, and I oh, guess cool. went one way, and we went the other way, and it was the same way, and so you really have to be careful on the sidewalk. Uh, thank goodness, you know, MSU's got a lot more bike lanes. So you can actually ride on the roads now, which you're allowed to do anyway. But so it's really, you know, you have to watch out for pedestrians and the users. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of students don't want to do it, but helmets are a really a real safety thing. I mean, it's, I've been down 16 times in my life, and I can't tell how many times I've hit my head. And it's not because I'm, I guess I'm, maybe I'm a klutz, but it's just, accidents <laughs> are going to happen. And it's a way to save, you know, what brains you have up there. And so... Sure. Encourage that. But, uh, and then the other thing is, as Tim says, if you're taking your bike off the rack and you probably it's been out all winter, you probably should take it over to the service center, see if those brakes really do stop or the cable's rusted and there's nothing there and you don't stop. And so
2: Definitely. I I would assume a lot of people, um, I'm pointing to myself here, <laughs> would uh, you know, let it sit all winter and then they all automatically assume and I'm still speaking of myself. That, uh, you know, oh, it's fine, Eh, it's a little bit rusty, it's okay, whatever. And then they proceed to go down a steep incline from their house on the driveway and uh, realize that the right uh, brake is a little bit off and they can't stop, so they have to it over into the snow use the sneakers not the <laughs> sneaker brakes sneakers yeah. yeah whatever happened to those those really old bikes you, know, do you remember the bikes like when i was like nine ten years old that you had to instead of like braking you had to like back pedal the brake whatever yeah. happened to those do they still make
5: we, those? yeah we we still see quite a few of them the cruisers all still have those coaster brakes they call them or kickback brake kickback brakes yeah, we, we see a lot of them yet okay so yeah they they work fine a lot of the europeans get on them and They're like, where are the brakes? This bike has no brakes. I guess it's kind of an American thing, but, yeah, we still have a lot of those around.
2: And actually, speaking of (laughs) braking, it was actually exactly a year ago today we were talking about biking on the show, and we had um, someone Mm -hmm. who wrote an an editorial into the state news about biking, and I think you brought up a really good point, especially about safety real quick, is that... um, The sidewalks, there's a difference between a a sidewalk lane and a bike lane. That's why, especially on campus, there are specific designated zones for bikes and for pedestrians. And what we were talking about are two main issues, which actually uh, you both hit on, which I'm really happy about because one of them was people using the pedestrian lane as just their own private you know, cycling thing. And I've done it. We're all guilty of it. But uh, just to watch that as much as you can and make sure that all those little paths that you see across campus are, are definitely there for a reason. Are oh, you yeah. talking about the little skinny cement yeah. ones? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize. Those
5: are cycling paths from, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, wow. And a lot yeah. of people okay. don't really like them because they are so skinny, but, yeah, they're meant for cyclists. Mm-hmm. And then there's other newer places where it's uh, now technically called the shared use path, you know, where it's marked for bicyclists oh, on right. the one side and then marked for pet pedestrians on the other, kind of over behind Owen Hall is one case point that was put in last summer. Um, so yeah, it's it's start you're starting to see more of that, and eventually all of campus will have nice, clearly identified, marked paths for pedestrians and for bicyclists, and and that's actually something that MSU Bikes is also working on getting the MSU um, ordinance kind of more clearly um, up to date in mm-hmm. terms of you know right now it it states you're not bicyclists aren't allowed on sidewalks at all, and so we're trying to get that up to date date like because we now have marked sidewalks for bicycles so it's obviously needs right needs to be updated and and we'll be seeing that uh in the coming years more and more of those all over campus thanks to a lot of people in uh, campus engineering uh there, there are some very pro bicyclists uh, that now work the campus planner steve Troost, who's been a really good advocate for um for better bicycling facilities uh Dennis Hansen, too, is also in the engineering services. And thanks to to those gentlemen and others who support it that we're seeing more bike lanes all over campus like on West Circle Drive and and that will eventually be contiguous. There will be bike lanes all over campus, which is pretty
2: exciting. Which is a really good thing, especially when you consider, you know, exactly, if, if you have a sidewalk that can be divided up in, into different sections, it certainly it makes it, if everyone follows the rules, of course. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing, is everyone follows the rules. It, it makes things a lot smoother because, uh, as you were talking about, the ordinance, I believe, saying that right now it's illegal to have uh, bikes Not even supposed to be on the sidewalks. And know. so if everyone mm-hmm. who has a bike, say, e- even take a small... Uh, a relatively small area like MSU's campus. I mean, if everyone on a bike, uh, followed that rule and it's just, I mean, they would all be ending up on the street, right. On those kind of like right. side lanes. I, I mean, that probably wouldn't work out too well, especially around morning rush hour traffic, you know?
5: Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times students, myself included, want to get to, you know, wherever they want to go in the shortest route. So a lot of times it's, it's a sidewalk or a path to, that is the shortest route. So, you know, and if you're late for class, I don't know if you're ever going to get students to go out of their way to be <laughs> on the road. You know, so it's it's a challenge of both the ordinance and practice and what people actually do. So, yeah, that, that's going to take a long time. But actually, I just visited out to uh, California and University of Davis in the city of Davis. And it's just, it's pretty amazing that once you do have the infrastructure and good ordinances and good enforcement, they've got bicyclists out there very well trained to ride you know, they've got roundabouts just for bicyclists. And oh, the bicyclists wow. will actually come in to a circle, ride all the way around, and then go exit out, like, you know, as if they were a car going through a traffic circle. And it's just it's amazing because there's nobody around, you know, enforcing that. But by practice, there's a really good order to all. They've probably got double or triple the, the number of bicyclists there, but they're all very orderly following the rules, and, and it just really flows very well. It's very inspirational.
2: As, uh, as opposed to a student like me who would cut across Beaumont Tower you're know, just kind of <laughs> peeling away, hitting three or four people well, while trying to make it to the library. Yeah. Okay. I, I just so want to double it's... check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so
5: it can be done, and it is happening in other communities where, one, you've got the facilities, you've got enforcement, sure. you know, you've got people buying
2: into it. and So eventually, I hope MSU will be there. That's, that's our goal. Well, this is 89FM, and phone lines are open if you have any questions for these two gentlemen about anything regarding bikes, safety, events coming up. The the phone lines are open, Uh, 517-432-3893 is the number again, 517-432-3893 if you would like to call in on our show live and uh, ask some really good questions. Speaking of events that are coming Mm -hmm. up... Um, there's actually a lot going on. Um, why don't we start we do. off with the spring bike roundup? What can you tell us about that? Yeah,
5: that's that's something that I was just speaking to the senior class council uh, representative about. Um, we try to get the word out to seniors this time of year that we'd really love them to just donate their bikes directly to us so that we can get them back on the road so they don't just spend the whole next couple months uh, on the racks rusting away. Sure. Or in the impound lot, which is what happens if you just leave a bike on the rack. So yeah, if they can help us uh, short-circuit that and just drop it off um, you know, over at the, the Bike Service Center, which is in P- Bessie Hall, right where the old canoe rental facility was. Okay. So we're just west of the Farm Lane Bridge, right on the river trail. So it's a very convenient location. And um, Yeah, if, they, if you could just donate your bike directly to us, that's what the Spring Bike Roundup is. And, and then we can get them back on the road, loan them out. We paint them green, fix them up, and uh, help more people ride bikes who might, either not be able to afford it or you know just uh just get a lot more people
2: riding bikes so that's that's what the roundup is about and the msu bike service center is open monday through friday from nine to five if you if uh, people would like to drop off their bikes i believe I, yes
5: i'm okay. i'm staff is there from nine to five the public hours there's one to five in the afternoon okay uh, but we're, we're there in the mornings for departmental or, or faculty staff um and we We're not fully staffed in the mornings to be able to be open all day long, to to the public. Um, So, and then Wednesdays we're open late till 7 p.m. and then Fridays we have some morning hours, 10 till noon and then 1 till 3. Okay. Uh, But yeah, we're we're very centrally located now. And um, the other thing about for seniors or underclassmen who might be leaving but coming back in the fall is that we've got um, bike storage services now available. We've got a big pole barn that just went up for us for our use, so we can actually store their bikes indoors, so that they don't have to sit on the rack all summer. And
2: oh wow, that's that's pretty cool.
5: Yeah, so I mean, if you leave it on the rack all summer, you risk getting impounded or stolen, and so or in my case, just rusty. Yeah, no. <laughs> or just rusty.
2: Yeah. Really really quick story. I just I don't know why I like to humiliate myself, but I, I thought that spraying <laughs> yeah. uh, WD-40 or whatever on, on the bike chain was a really efficient thing to do. And then I take it into the shop, and uh, I found out that WD-40 actually doesn't work at yeah. all on it, very rarely. For about 10 minutes, it might okay. lubricate things and break up the rest. But I was wondering why my bike kept making the same sound for yeah. year after year. After a year. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. not the best lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, another event that's coming on, actually, May 16th, is uh, MSU's yes. Ride of Silence. What's that about? Yeah, that's
5: that's a national, actually a worldwide event where there's rides going on all over the world on May 16th at the same date time uh, to honor people who've been bicyclists who've been hit, injured, or killed by motorists. Okay. So we're, we're taking getting together at about 6.30 at the bike center. And then leaving at 7 o'clock, we'll ride all over campus and cut through East Lansing, uh, through downtown East Lansing, and then go right straight down to the Capitol. And we hope to have a lot of people out to um, help support that. And, and there's no talking, so it's silent. And there's there's going to be some signage, you know, like share the road type message. It's not a protest. It's not like a critical mass type protest where we try to obstruct traffic, but we're going to just be out there to, to um, try to honor the people who've been hit Injured or, or otherwise uh, well, killed, I guess, by automobiles, and there's there's a number of them that that have happened in the area, and so we, we're just uh, that's what that's about.
2: Has the Ride of Silence been going on for? Is, has it been every year for the cou- uh, past years, or?
5: Well, yeah, I believe it's it's um, maybe been going on about five years now, nationally. Roughly, yeah,
4: around five years. This is the it second out, year. It started here. out very small, uh, and then it's kind of spread. This may only be the third year. It's the like second year in our area. Third.
2: Okay, so this, so this has been going on in previous years, say about three or four years ago, in other areas this has been going on? Yeah, it, it came started, out of Texas. So. It started in Texas okay.
4: because mm-hmm. somebody's friend was hit by a car and killed. And so they, this idea caught on, and other people went on to it, and now it's just as mushroomed and mushroomed. <clears> and uh, I think we have twice as many rides statewide this year as we did last year, for example. So it's just wow. It just keeps growing and growing, and, and the neat as Tim says, the neat thing about it, it's different than any ride you ever took. First of all, the speeds ten to twelve mile an hour, and mm-hmm. nobody talks at all. And it's just it's really a, a powerful message to the people taking part. And, sure, and everybody obeys every traffic law there is, and uh, so it's it's a neat deal. And
5: That's we've nice. got the uh, MSU Police uh, Bike Patrol, the East Lansing Police Bike Patrol, Lansing Police. Patrol, oh, wow. so there's going to be quite a few of the bike patrol units from local police which you know they're very concerned about safety of, of bicyclists and so i'm hoping that we'll get uh, a lot more people out there so the police don't outnumber us i hope that's not a turnout. Oh, sure, to yeah. know that you've got <laughs> those guys are really friendly and they're it, it's they love being out on the bikes you know and that it gets them closer to the community and i think they're eager to kind of share the camar- camaraderie with the other riders but yeah, to get the route uh, and all the other information, it's right on our homepage at bikes.msu.edu, and uh, I think the Ride of Silence is just a couple items down, right on our homepage.
2: And actually, uh, this is—it's—it's it's, again it's talking about May and spring, and with biking events. Just a couple days later, on May 19th, you have the uh, the fourth annual Farm Days Tour 2007. That's, that's correct.
5: Yeah, what's, that's what's our—that's that our main fundraiser of the year, okay. and uh, that goes to help raise funds for both the MSU Cycling Club, the student cycling club that is primarily for racing, um, both on-road and off-road. Oh, cool. And uh, and also for the MSU Bike Service Center. Um, And we're we're going to be donating some of the proceeds to some local bike, uh, community bike programs as well. Uh, Since the MSU Bike Service Center is now funded by the university, uh, our need for additional funding is, is certainly uh, lower this year than it was up until now. Okay. For, for the past four years, it's it's been the MSU Bike Project, which was all volunteer run, and then this past summer, uh, the, the administration funded it and it became the MSU Bike Service Center, and now so now I'm working full time as the the de facto manager of the service center. So, and we've got five other students working there. So that's a little history on how the bike project became the uh, service center. But then there's another event right after that.
4: Rich wants to talk about
5: the Lucinda means.
4: Yeah. May is actually National Bike Month. That's why all these things kind of fit together.
2: I was just about to, to ask, because yeah. like every every event, I mean, even on May 30th, we got more events coming yeah. up.
4: May is National Bike Month. Um, the third week of May is traditionally National Bike to Work Week. And so oh, you'll cool. see in, in Lansing, for example, they have a smart commute program encouraging people to ride their bikes to work and take... Other means other than your car. Actually, it's not just bike, but other means. So I mean, that's why a lot of these events come in May. And as you know, people are starting to get their bikes out of the racks and getting cleaned off and ride the bikes. So it all kind of fits. Um, the League of Michigan Bicyclists is a statewide advocacy mm-hmm. group. And we work statewide to promote the rights of bicyclists and promote bicycling in general. And one of the things we do, um, about three years ago, our longtime director actually passed away for complications from knee surgery, and it was kind of a a freakish deal. Mm -hmm. And to honor her, they did a ride, a parade from the campus here to the Capitol. And we've built upon that since and made it an advocacy day where we still do the parade to the Capitol. We now have some other rides around with it. We have lunch on the Capitol grounds, and then we have people that take part drop-off literature at legislator's office. And what we try to do is show people that, hey, bicycles are an alternate way to go rather than just take your car. And we time the parade. It leaves the campus at 1130, so it gets downtown right in the middle of lunch when everybody's out going to lunch someplace. So they see all these bicyclists riding, and it's kind of an awareness-type thing. And uh, people are welcome to take part in that. Uh, they can check out check it out at our website. If, if they want something about bicycling, our website's a great resource. It's www.L is in League, M as in Michigan, B is in org, And uh, they can come for the whole day, or they can just come as far as part of the parade. Um, we're going to have fun with it. And MSU Bikes this year is going to work with us. They're going to actually be our starting point and our host for it, so we appreciate that, too.
2: Well, it sounds like there's certainly a lot going on, and uh, definitely wanted to thank you two gentlemen, Tim and Rich, thank for coming on the show. Uh, are there any thank last you. thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners? Any uh, any safety tips? Or maybe just for me, any safety tips? Or uh... Well, uh,
5: we continue to
2: do free, well, I'm
5: sorry, complimentary bike safety checks out of our shop, um, and we've got a complimentary air station right there for people who find that their bikes have flat tires, and they don't know if it's actually a leak or just needs air, so Okay. You can come by the service center anytime and get air in your tires, just self-serve. Um, also, there's a ton of construction, as most people see currently on campus, and uh, it's going to get worse. So you might just consider getting a bike if you're going to be here through the summer. help you get around campus a lot easier so you're not stuck on all the detours, you know, as the motorists are.
2: So you can kind of laugh as you ride your bike <laughs> by the idling cars. I'll be right there laughing. I'll be the first one. Yeah, there you go. Tim and Rich, thank you so much for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate, appreciate it. Time. Well, we're going to take a quick break right here on 89FM. We uh, have some more guests, so please stay tuned. You're listening to Impact Exposure. You're listening
4: to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
2: And now, back to Exposure. 89FM, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This is Impact Exposure. Alex Rusciano here, and uh, it is 7.42, and uh, we have our very last guest, but certainly not the least. Uh, The Student Apparel Design Association is uh, putting on a show uh, April 13th with the theme of Rock and Vogue. And uh, joining us in the studio right now, why don't we go around and just uh, introduce ourselves real quick.
6: Okay. Um, I'm Jenny Lerzak, and I'm the president of SADA.
2: Okay.
1: I'm Michelle Bates, and I'm the director of fundraising and PR.
2: Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And so this is this is huge. I mean, this is a show that is. I mean, it's already sold out, and it's 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 every year it's been going on
6: uh, for the last ten years. For the last this ten the years, tenth year, yeah.
2: Okay, so this is coming on April thirteenth. So uh, just kind of for the listeners out there who may be unfamiliar, what is the show all about? What does it do?
1: This year, we're basically taking like, all the students from like, that are in apparel design, and we focused on a theme that was based on music and fashion, so each very designer cool. had to choose an um, artist or a music genre and use that song as their runway song, and then design their collection based on that. So we got quite the like, plethora of uh, differences. Wow. It's very cool.
2: That's really nice. I'd, I'd be curious to see what the uh, heavy metal genre looks like.
6: <laughs> Slim to none. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's cool. So let me let me ask you this, just kind of for both of you. How long have you been involved with the, with Sada? Uh,
6: this is my third year.
2: Third year? Yeah,
6: this is also my third year.
2: Okay, very cool. What what, what inspired you? I mean, obviously, it, it, you walk into any you know. Commercial store or anything you see the magazine rack. I mean, fashion itself is huge, and to put on a show where you're combining fashion and music is is double that. Um, what kind of inspired you to get involved in something like this three years ago or?
6: Um, well, this year I think it was particularly um, more personal of a theme because it allowed people to both you know reflect their taste in fashion, but also their taste in music. Okay, and I think that that's really why we had so much participation because in years past like last year it was global glamour where the theme was to pick a time period in a country but this year it's more i feel close to heart
1: yeah i feel like it's more relevant with like our generation today just like how much like music affects people and in turn like for obviously like as apparel designers like fashion really it just affects our lives in general
2: do you do you find that especially with our generation that um, people are relating more? Who are our age are relating more? Because I mean, when when you watch a fashion show and you you know just kind of tune out the runway music because everything in the end kind of almost sounds the same. Mm-hmm. But a show like this, it seems like it's the exact opposite. It's very specific and it's, it's it forces people to pay attention not only to the fashion but to the music as well. Do you find that people relate more to that?
1: Um, there was definitely a lot more um, people talking about the songs that. Everyone chose because it's just such a difference. There's like a lot of like new alternative, and then there's a lot of stuff like back from like the 70s or later, and then there's like newer like pop music that's like also really popular. So it's just uh, a lot of people were really expressing their opinions on whether it was a good runway song or not.
2: (laughs) Oh, I see. Um, Do you find that this is a the saddest show has been a really this has been going on 10 years, Mm -hmm. a decade now. Um, has this been a kind of a good platform for upcoming designers, or in this case, even upcoming musicians? I mean, has this been kind of a launching pad? Have people who have been involved in the past kind of used this to expand out?
6: I would say that this is a very good experience for any of any people, any any persons in our program, um, just because it's the culmination of everything that we know, because um, we have to oh, go sure. through the entire process, you know, all of ourselves. And whether you've had the classes or not yet, um, it's just it's a lot of pressure and a lot of time outside of class dedicated to this.
2: Oh, sure, because you've been. I mean, you've been working. I mean, how long have you been working? How many how many days? How many months? I mean, how many how much how many hours of well, preparation has gone into this?
1: like come up with your theme like a year ago and then okay uh basically like from the beginning of this school year people have kind of known and then had to like start turning things in and like really like committing to the show um at like the first of the year around yeah
2: okay so and, and i remember you actually just mentioned that classes are also involved like there's a lot of pressure with that i mean how does how does that factor in
6: This is completely extracurricular, actually, this fashion show is. So in addition to this, we're also doing a fashion show tomorrow at 1130 um, at the Union. And that will be for the senior uh, fashion class. um, Very cool. But then Friday's show is completely extracurricular. So everything you'll see is completely ungraded. Well,
2: that's good. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. think well, yeah. to, I mean, having teachers there with pens, yeah. professors with pens <laughs> wa- walking down the runway, you know, kind of looking.
6: And,
2: yeah. Oh, that's a little bit off. Eh, B minus, three point. Uh, let, let me ask you this, too. This is something um, I was wondering how many people, uh, going on for 10 years now, how many people are involved this mm-hmm. year in the show in terms of everything from the designing to the music aspect to the production aspect? I mean, I would assume this is this is pretty big.
6: We have about 80 um, active members in the um, organization, and I believe 41 are designing this year.
2: 41 designers? 41 designers. Wow.
6: And also, I think we have around 160 in models, 161 models. Wow. So it's it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> There's, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's That's a lot of people huge. involved. And then we also have, you know, a staff of, like, ten photographers that are all students here that come out for it. and
1: DVD, like, people from, like, ComArts. Like, we try to get, like, a lot of different students involved. So, like... What like whether or not like you can build your portfolio like that's like what we're trying to do.
2: Sure, because this is this sounds like a perfect resume builder. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking to apply somewhere, you, this is a great thing to have. Is that you know you're in the the 2007 I mean show. This is mm-hmm. this is pretty big. Is is this now uh, is this kind of like you know you always hear in sports about drafts and how there are scouts there. Are, are there scouts that show up to this or are there people who are interested who might be looking for uh, future people for future employment or.
6: We don't have anybody formally coming this year but okay. that's one of our goals for the next couple of years is to actually oh, cool. get more people in. It's hard because we are in Michigan and there isn't a lot of fashion in Michigan. <laughs> Not a lot of yeah. fashion Houses or designers. So um. <laughs> wait a second,
2: Eric, our our engineer is is uh, brushing the dirt off his shoulder, <laughs> uh, meaning that he uh, he certainly is is saying that he he does have a fashion
6: sense. Yeah, but not but, unfashionable people. I just okay. mean No, um, we can't get a lot of jobs here. So yeah.
2: I I think I just saw Eric do a little runway walk, did and, and you did the turn, didn't you? Oh boy! Uh, phone lines are open at four three two three eight nine three five one seven four three two three eight nine three. If you want to call up on Impact Exposure and uh, talk to these two ladies live because they're going to have all the information on the Student Apparel Design Association's fashion show. It's April 13th uh, with the theme of Rock and Vogue. Uh, let me ask you this, too. The show is sold out. I mean, this is uh, something that's I mean, it's approaching. How many people are you ex- expecting to show up to the show?
6: I would on say... Friday? Everyone that has bought a ticket, I hope to see there. Um, okay. I would many? say I think we have just over 600 tickets that we've sold. Wow, so.
2: that is huge. Yes.
6: Jeez, and,
2: and you said that you had, was it 80 or 40 designers? Yep. And 160 mm-hmm.
6: 60 models.
2: 160 models?
6: Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> yes.
2: Jeez. Is, is, is there anything that you're specifically um, uh, kind of looking forward to, any specific parts of the show? I mean, obviously everyone's working on it a long time. Is there any one part of the show that, that you've been curious about?
6: Um, we do give awards at the end. We have, oh, you do? Yep, yeah, we've had a judged rehearsal, which was about two weeks ago, and so everything is completed by now. It has oh, been cool. since then, and all the garments are done. So we had the judged rehearsal, and then based off of that, uh, there will be awards announced that day, so...
2: Oh okay. Of the day of the show. Very nice. How many how many awards do you typically there's, give out?
6: Uh seven different categories and there's a runner up for each, so 14 awards.
2: Wow. Sounds pretty cool. Uh hey, if anyone's more listening out there especially is is interested in getting more information, is is there um a website that they can Yeah,
1: go to? they can check out our website at uh, www.msu.edu/tilda uh sada Zada. <laughs> uh, everything like that we do throughout the whole year is on that website. and just like It's uh, it's a really great website. It was designed by Jen Orser. She's a student at MSU, and it just, it's just really cool. It, it, you should definitely check it out if uh, you're interested.
2: Okay, well, very cool. And uh, actually, education senior Isaiah Sanju is in the studio right now, uh, one of my buddies, checking out the studio. And he wanted to know, uh, actually, really quick, uh, are the uh, designers submitting any of their their own work this is their their own uh work that they're submitting and, and they're working on um is it the same how is the music selected what is the collaboration that that goes on i mean does the designer pick the music or is, is there more of a do they talk to a number of different people or how how, how does the music kind of work
1: this year they chose their own song Based on their own preferences for music, okay, and then we kind of also had just uh, reminded them that like your models have to walk to it, and that uh, like a whole oh, show yes, is the stride. Yeah, <laughs> maybe and Eric
2: can show us some more yeah, strides maybe later he can. on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And then sure, also, like, the whole, it's obviously a family affair, so you want to keep it clean.
6: <laughs> and oh, we tried okay. to limit the amount of people that chose a specific artist, so there couldn't be any more than two people that chose a specific artist, or there obviously can't be any duplicates in yeah. the songs.
2: Oh, because you obviously want to avoid, you know, kind of genre. Right,
6: exactly. We wanted more variety, so.
2: Okay, that's certainly something we strive for on The Impact here. <laughs> yes. You really don't want the same artist playing over and over again. Um, and, actually, I remember you, you mentioned that this is a, a family affair, quote-unquote, um, as opposed to other fashion shows that you see. Uh, how is this more of a family affair? You said you have to keep it more, more clean. It's
1: Basically, like we realized that all, this is a big showcase for all of our designers' talent, but it's also a showcase for their family and so we just want to like keep, uh, remind them that like their family's
6: coming, their grandmas, their siblings who are younger.
2: Oh, okay. So this is where kind of everyone's invited to yes. come and participate?
6: And also we're representing our program here at MSU, so we want to keep it as classy as we can. Yes. Of so. course.
2: <laughs> Actually, how many people do you have, uh, if you know off the top of your heads, how many people are involved in the Student Apparel Design Association?
6: We have about eighty active members. There
2: are eighty active members. Yes. Okay.
6: So we have about half of them are actually designing in the show, and then the rest have put in a lot of work in um, fundraising and putting together the program, production of
1: the fashion show. Yeah. Just yeah.
6: There's a lot of different committees, a lot of support. So.
2: Okay, Um, and another thing too that I mean, with so many people involved, uh, how many collections are you presenting? How many different styles? I think is it thirty-eight collections of student designers. Yes. Is that? Okay. Yeah. Um, Is is there a selection process? I mean, say that I just decided to to join uh, SAT, you know, and I had (laughs) a really good design or something. Is is there a selection process? Say I was really, really shooting for the 2007 show. Do you have to look at different pieces and kind of pick the ones, or or is it just kind of everyone... Throws it in, or how does that work?
6: Um, in if, January. If say, oh, yeah, the, no, that's okay. um, all right. In January, that's when the designers have to turn in their designer packet, and it's basically just to make sure that they're on track, that they're really committed to the show. They have to turn in sketches of all their designs, fabric swatches, they have to have all their models lined up already, um, just to basically let us know that they're on track, and then um, just that they can actually put together those garments that they are physically able to be put together.
4: Yeah. So, oh, okay.
6: So if you can't if you can't draw something, it's very hard to sew it. So, you know, just the style lines and everything have to be in the right spot. So.
2: Okay. So if I if I draw like a neon spacesuit, you know, with like wings and like <laughs> awesome flying ability.
6: Now it... what song would you choose? Um
2: <laughs> Mr. Roboto. Oh okay.
6: If, yes. you know what if you have all the seam lines <laughs> in the right spot and you think you can put that together, we would be more than happy to have oh. that, so. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well,
2: good. Now I know yeah. what I'm submitting to the 2008 yeah. <laughs> show. Ooh, This is nice. Uh, a really good question for you, too. And Eric is now doing the Mr. Roboto theme. Oh, now you, now you stop as soon as they, they turn and look. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, for the, um, for the, the shows coming up in the future, uh, next year is going to be the 11th annual show. Uh, do you expect more people to get involved or more people to come to the show? I remember you said you have about 600 people. That's a lot. Yes. Uh, is it expected to increase each yep. year? And-
6: um actually this year we had to turn people away that wanted to come to the show because last year we had just on just shy of eight hundred, but with our smaller venue this year we could only allow for six hundred. So I would imagine that we're gonna have a lot more people next year and a lot more designers. It's been increasing every year the amount of designers. So And hopefully um MSU will also see that. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hopefully, yes. So we can keep our fingers crossed for sure. And uh how many um I guess where is is the show being held this this year? Where where can people go?
1: It's at the Passant Theater in the Wharton Center.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. very cool and a, and a definite uh, huge uh, congratulations because it's is this, is this now is this the first time that the show has sold sold out? I mean, six hundred people is a lot. I mean, it, the ninth annual of the year before is that been selling out too, or
6: this is the first year it's sold out but i think that might just be because we had fewer seats to fill mm-hmm. i would have oh, been very okay. interested to see last year we had it at the auditorium and oh, the, so oh, they how had... many
2: people does the, does the i Odyssey, don't know i, I think I, I think maybe
6: around a thousand because we had about 800 there so yeah. oh okay so, so it didn't can... sell out but we did have more people there so
2: okay well, that's <laughs> really cool now okay, can i ask real quick what uh years are you right now we're both seniors seniors okay yes. i think actually all of us are seniors too yeah. graduating in may
6: Woo-hoo. Yes.
2: yeah <laughs> Eric, engineer is a senior too he puts his arms up in celebration um anything that you're planning on doing uh once graduating obviously you have a lot of really good experience sounds great yes
6: yeah, so i'm moving to minneapolis
2: awesome to, yeah Very cool. I have a
6: job lined up, so. Oh, wow.
2: Congratulations. Thank you. Very
1: cool. (laughs) I'm still hoping for the best. So am
2: I. Hey, (laughs) you know what?
1: I'm still making life decisions, you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I understand that completely. I'm in in the exact same boat. Um, Well, uh, really quick, can you just kind of give out the website again in case anyone's interested?
6: Okay, it's www.msu.edu slash tilde, S-A-D-A. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much to both of you for coming into the show. We thank really you for appreciate it. Much. Uh, this is eighty-nine FM. Um, we are going to actually wrap up the show. Uh, Thanks, as always, goes out to Lisa, the exposure director, and Eric, the exposure engineer, both of whom are the minds behind everything. Thank you for listening. Uh, Of course, to uh, Isaiah Sanju for coming by, checking out the station. Uh, Progressive Torch and Twang is coming up right now on The Impact. Woohoo! Stay tuned uh, for some great music that will definitely get you through the evening. It'll be a rockin' time. Uh, It is 2 minutes to 8 o'clock, and you are listening to 89FM.
3: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The
0: Impact.